Hi, what's up, anyone? Welcome to episode three of From the Couch. My name is Spencer, and with me, as always, is Allison. What's up, guys? So, uh, we uh, are starting this episode a little later than normal, so if uh, it won't be available to most people till tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, we had to go and uh, get some tattoos done today. Yes, we sure fucking did. Uh, we both got our right arms done. Yep. Pretty much in the same spot. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but two totally different tattoos. Yeah. I Buy my amazing ar- artist, Patrick Lies. Check his shit out on Instagram at CPT Gray. Wait, fuck. What is his. <laughs> God damn it! I'm supposed to know this stuff ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to know a lot of things. Oh, shut up. <laughs> CPT Grave Digger on Instagram. I second guessed it for some reason. I don't know why, but I second guessed it. He's, um, I've watched him go from basically an apprentice to a full blown artist. He's amazing. He's the one that's working on my uh, whole leg piece, which is gonna be all Harry Potter. Um, we just did a, what is the proper name of this? Uh, Death Mark, uh, Hawk Death Head Hawk Moth. Yeah. Basically, it's a death moth. It's the same moth from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> it's, it's the moth from that. And what did you get? I got a... A cyberpunk-inspired circuitry design on my arm. You really can't explain it. Um, it's fucking dope, though. Uh, so, yeah, he did the artwork. I found a picture online of how I... Kind of a style I wanted. And then I went through and colored it on my own. Um, and did my own color design on it. And then sent it to him. And so I had him do that. It's pretty dope. There's not a ton of color. It's mainly a bold black circuitry. But then there's some wires coming off of it that are going to, once it heals, because right now it's still a little dark because it's got the transfer paper and the blood mixed in with it, but like a neon blue, a neon green, and a neon pink. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Mine's going to be all black and gray once we're done. Mine's not finished, as usual. Um, We did the outline on mine, and then once the outline's healed, he's going to go through and start the shading. It's going to be pretty intricate. Um, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, no, it looked really, really good. I like the way yours is, is coming along. Yeah. Yas, Patrick. My cousin, Patrick Lies. <laughs> um, so this week, uh, you know, we got a normal uh, news story. What are you drinking tonight? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to what we're drinking, what we're smoking. Uh, but we, I'm explaining. You're changing shit up on me. You're confusing me. I'm trying to make this a little bit more organic. Um, and have a little bit more structure. Because oh, so, I thrive in structure. Uh, so, yeah, no, so we have a fun news story coming. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're drinking and what we're smoking tonight. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. And one of my favorite things to talk about, we're going to talk about our five most influential albums of our lives. Yeah. We're not going to rank them or do any of that. That's too fucking hard. But the top five albums that, like, legitimately changed my train of thought. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's how we're going with it. Uh, which makes sense why we're not ranking it. You can't rank influential. No. Um, I can say one of these albums, I can probably say... Well, two of these albums are probably 
top of the list on most influential, but, um, so yeah, and, but back to what we're drinking, uh, or smoking. Uh, so I'm drinking a IPA from, uh, Black Plague Brewery down at Oceanside. You are all about them right now. I haven't had a bad beer from them yet. Uh, and I've tried, I think, four or five, I don't know, four. Four different uh, of their beers. Uh, one pale ale and three different IPAs. Every single one of them, they hit it out of the park. They were amazing. And for anyone who's listening, we're local to San Diego, but we're not local. San Diego's only like 45 minutes from us, so it's considered a local beer for us. We have a ton of... A ton of breweries around us. Like, I swear the brewery movement started here. It's insane and repetitive and redundant, but <laughs> it used to be fun. Now it's just a bunch of douchebags drinking IPAs. It's not real beer unless it's an IPA. Gag me with a fucking spoon. IPAs are good. It's not They all... are disgusting. I thought the same thing until I kept drinking them. Well, you like to drink. I don't. I'm not going to keep drinking them and build up a tolerance for them and a taste for them. No, fuck you. Give me some PBR. Give me some Coors Light. Give me some Budweiser. I don't give a fuck. Give me the cheap shit. I'll drink that shit too. Oh, why are you getting so angry? Um, so yeah, so I'm drinking a beer. It's called, um, the name isn't coming to me at the moment. It's like, 1387. I know I just gave you shit for not knowing what you were doing a second ago, but. Ha ha! But you know what? We all forget things. It's okay. I do it all the time. Um. Why don't you tell me what you're smoking? While I look at this beer. I haven't really changed. I'm not working on a new strain yet. I don't smoke a ton of weed like everyone thinks I do. So I'm still working on my Strains Indoor Cannabis uh, Hybrid of Mimosa. Um, I'm starting to think I don't really like it that much. It's not strong enough for me. Um, I have to smoke a, a couple bowls to really feel anything from it, where the one you have is fucking bomb. Like, I really like that one. This one, not so much. I'm kind of disappointed the more I smoke. I know when I first reviewed it, I was like, this shit's bomb! Um, no. It's kind of lackluster. Uh, I don't know. I pick good weed. You do pick good weed. This one's alright. It's, it's alright. It's just... <sighs> I have to smoke more than I should to feel anything, and I don't like that. Yeah. Okay, so the beer I'm drinking is called uh, 13, 1347 uh, okay. by Black Plague. Okay. Um, and they're from San Diego? Oceanside. Oceanside! So yeah, and then uh, it's a really good IPA. Um, if I had to rank it, I'd put it at the, I don't know, last. Is it a hazy IPA? It looks a little no, I mean, cloudy. It's a little cloudy, but all their beers are a little cloudy. And it's really dark, too. It's pretty dark, yeah. Um, it's almost like an amber. Uh, similar, yeah. It's, I wouldn't go that dark, but yeah. Maybe a brown? Mm. Browns are darker than ambers. Um, this is like in between an amber and a normal IPA, uh, uh. in color-wise. Um, I like it a lot. I'd probably put it uh, <coughs> on the bottom. <coughs> I remember my first hit. Uh, I'd probably put it on the bottom of uh, the list for of the beers I've gotten from Black Pig. 
Uh, Black Clegg. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably put it on the bottom of the list for them. Um, it's it's good. It, it is good, but it's definitely not my favorite out of the four I've had. Um, and for the whiskey I'm drinking, I'm drinking Elijah Craig today. Ooh, Elijah Craig, you like that one, don't you? I do. Um, where'd you get that one from? Did you buy it yourself or was yeah. it a gift? No, I bought this one myself. I went to uh, Albertsons and the day I bought it, I was listening to the Ralph Report with uh, Ralph Garman. And uh, they had talked about this uh, on the day the episode had happened. It was their 60th anniversary uh, of the creation of bourbon. Oh. Um, actually, 60th isn't probably right. Maybe 160th? Maybe, but that might seem too old. Anyways, it was a, it was a big anniversary for them. And uh, so I decided to get a bottle of it. And it's probably become one of my favorite bourbons. Oh, yeah. So, I what mean. What do you like about it? It's it's really smooth. Uh, hell, your mom likes it. So, well, that's shocking. It's not cinnamon whiskey. Yeah, um, it's pretty smooth, um, and that's even more shocking considering it's a uh, I think fifty seven percent or fifty seven proof mm-hmm. or 60, 57, yeah. <laughs> 50, 57 percent. Uh, Is that high? Low? Yeah, I mean. So, normally, uh, whiskeys are 80 proof, uh, 40%. Mm-hmm. This is uh, 50, uh, 57. What's the proof? Uh, well, they would be double that. So, you so go ahead and do the math. 56 proof? or 57. 56, 57%, so double that would be 114. 114 proof, then. Um, but it's actually really smooth. Um, I like it a lot. It's a really good sipping whiskey. I wouldn't do shots of it. I don't do shots of most alcohols. Well, we're not 12. Yeah. Um, I'll do shots of like a... We're in our mid-30s now. Shots, you know, I like shots. If I You like fruity shots. I like fruity everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I can't really drink anymore. Uh, it upsets my GERD. I'm fucking old. Everything upsets my stomach. Uh, I get hung over like a motherfucker the next day. And it's just not worth it to me anymore. But when I am drinking, I get fucked up. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I like me some shots. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I mean... What do you... Sorry, our cats are getting into something. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, shit. Is that the big one or the little one? It's the big one. Jackson. Um, so we're going to save the music for the end. Um, so let's go ahead and get into a new story I found about. Found okay. Out. Where'd you find it? Uh, well, I found it online, but I also heard uh, a, a little bit of it on uh, the Ralph Report as I was talking about. Um, and I thought it'd be an interesting thing since you don't listen to the podcast that you would like to listen to it and other people don't listen to the Ralph Report so they'd like to hear it too. For sure. But um, shout out to Ralph Garman. The Ralph Report's hilarious. Yeah, oh yeah. It's it's what saves my mornings. It's what I start every morning with as soon as I get into my car to go start my job. Ugh. I I put on the Ralph Report as soon as I get in my car. I'm going on vacation soon. <laughs> you just went on vacation. Yeah, but I mean like me and you. Like... Just locked away, having lots of sex, eating lots of food, drinking lots of booze, not worrying about anything, just disappearing. Okay. Yeah, we can work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you go ahead and tell boss man. (laughs) 
Okay, which one? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Why don't you tell the one that listens to us? Um, so, the new story is about this lady who uh, had to get brain surgery. Uh, okay. She had a tumor. Not a, a bad one. A tumor. Yes, a, a tumor. Uh, I mean, it was bad because they needed to remove it, but... Where was it? On her brain. Did you say it was a brain tumor yes. and I totally missed that? Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> It was on her left side of her brain, which controls the right side of your body. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they told her, like, you know, like, oh, we need to remove this to make sure, you know, you're you're good and nothing goes back, you know, goes wrong. And uh, she's like, well, I'll do it, but uh, I won't, I won't, I won't do it if it will prevent me from playing violent. Because uh, she's. Loves playing violin. The left side of your brain is the creative side of your brain as well. Well, I believe. Hashtag may be wrong. (laughs) So that's, you know, so she said, you know, I'll do it. uh, But, you know, I want to make sure I'm able to play violin. So the doctors did something they've never done before. Ew, I think I know where you're going with this. While they had her head cracked open, they had her playing violin. Yes, I've seen that before. They do that to make sure they don't lose. They, a lot of times they'll keep people awake, but they've never had someone playing an instrument uh, during. Uh, so this, yeah, she sat there and played all her favorites. Uh, and she just played it while they kept working on her brain. Um, and then to make sure they didn't hit a wrong spot that would prevent her from being So what would have happened if they did? It's not like they can unhit that spot. I mean, I don't... I mean, we're not brain surgeons. What, that there d- might be... <laughs> true that. <laughs> they might be able to be like, oh, put that back. Put it back? Put, oh, whoops. We cut that piece off. Let's just put it back. I'm not talking about cutting... Uh, like, maybe they're just poking at it and so. But you poke holes into it. The brain is like... As I'm sure we have plenty of holes in our brain. Well, I'm sure <laughs> I have plenty of holes in my brain, but... So, yeah, so she uh, just sat there and played violin. I mean, can you imagine that? Like, sitting there, like... I, I'm, I wonder if... I mean, doctors listen to music, I think. I mean, that's what I've led to be... Uh, to believe from watching a lot of different medical shows, which I understand they're fictional shows, but, like, House and Scrubs and stuff like that, and they always have, like, music playing and stuff like that. So I can't imagine that they don't listen to music. Uh, so this is like you're having a live uh, performance um, the person from the person that you're... All that keeps just popping in my head is Ray Liotta with his head cut open, eating his own fucking brains, <laughs> <laughs> talking <laughs> to fucking Dr. Animal Lecter. Like, that's all I keep thinking of. I mean, it's kind of similar. Yeah. So. That's cool, though. Yeah, no, I mean, it was cool and she, that she did it that way. So, um... Fucking doctors, man. Yeah. Uh, so, why don't we go ahead and start on the albums? Okay, can I go first? Uh, yeah, we're going to do one at a time. Well, I know, but okay. you went first last time. Yeah, go for it. All right, let me get my phone open. All right, all right. <clears throat> Ooh, Instagram likes. Yes, queen. <laughs> okay, my first one is not going to be a shocker if you fucking know me. I used to work for this band. Um, I've met them. I know them. They are phenomenal dudes. Um, not chasing clout here. Not trying to say any of that. I'm just saying I love this band. Um, it's a band called Him. 
They are from Finland. They are no longer together. His Infernal Majesty, right? Sure. <laughs> There's never been complete confirmation of that, but sure. Um, and the album that is most influential, that like changed my train of thought, was Razorblade Romance. The first song I ever heard off of that album. That album almost made it on my list. Was Poison Girl. Ugh. And Vile Valo, his fucking, his vibrato, his range, his melodies, his tone, like, mixed with the music. The music is its own genre called love metal. Um, it's got the heavy guitar riffs. Uh, it's got the, the bass drum, the kick drum, the heavy bass line, but it's also got a keyboard in it and an organ in it. And Vile's, oh God, it's like butter. They, if you've never listened to them, check that album out. I mean, all of their albums are good. There's one I'm a little kind of like hot trash, but I, it's like the worst album out of all of them for me, but they're still really, really good. Which one? Uh, Dark Light. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Dark Light is the one that made it to America. And one of the songs off that album was played on the radio quite consistently. I was actually in a music video for them. Oh. That album. Mm. Um, but the, it made me take the anger that I had when I was listening to metal music. And it made it softer. It made it more romantic. It made it more sexual. It was just... Oh, like... Oh, I love their music. I mean, that... I mean, for God's sake, I have their fucking logo tattooed on my back. Yeah. And lyrics. Huge. Not little. Fucking huge. Yeah. When, I mean, I got into that album uh, because of, uh, uh, what is it, CKY3? Uh-huh. Yeah, so CKY3, which was the first CKY video I ever saw. I owned CKY3 and 2, never watched, I don't think I've ever seen the first one. I own it. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I got into that album because of that and then introduced all my friends to it as well, and we all got it, we, <clears throat> we all got into it into varying degrees. I was not huge into it, um, I really loved their music, that album, and, uh, I'd actually probably say I like, uh, Deep Shadows more. Um, really? The, yeah. An older one? Is that the older one? Mm-hmm. I thought it went uh, Razor Blade and then uh, mm -hmm. Dark Shadows. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. See, I mean, there, there shows you. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I got those albums, I mean, fun story. I got both those albums for a Christmas one year. Mm -hmm. um, imported uh, because that was the only way to buy them. So mm -hmm. I had they were like $37 a piece or something like that. that well, I yeah, and I'm sure James and your mom weren't going to roll up to Amoeba Music in Hollywood where they could have gotten it probably half the price. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was ordered, I want to say it was probably off of Amazon or something like that. But, yeah, they got me both of those albums uh, for Christmas one year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I loved both of those albums. But, yeah, I probably like Deep Shadows a little bit more. Um, I like a lot of their older stuff, too. Greatest Love Songs, Deep Shadows is fantastic, um, but I also like their new shit, Love Metal, <laughs> Tears on Tape. <laughs> what's, what's the one with the butterfly? That's Dark Light. That's the newest one? No. 
the newest one is okay. Tears on Tape. What's one? Okay. Well, okay. No, we're not, we don't need to get into this. Um, but I also, that band changed my life and opened up so many opportunities for me. I met some amazing people who are lifelong dear friends of mine. Neil Lynn Sang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colleen. Yeah. I met Colleen by extension meeting at a CKY show and we became best friends. I mean, bitch was in my wedding. Hello. I just went and stayed with her for fucking five days. Yep. Just lived at her fucking house while no one's home, just me and the dogs. <laughs> um, so, my first pick, uh, uh, the one I'm going to put I'm on intru- my list. I'm so curious about your... Um, so, it's Event Sevenfold, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet. Oh! See, uh, um, one of their albums almost made it on my list. The one that... The second one. Waking the Fallen. Yes, Waking the Fallen. Ah, I fucking love it. They, I mean, in my in my mind, they have two albums, and then they became a different band. Well, true. He had throat surgery and had to change his vocal stylings. Yeah, and unfortunately, in my opinion, changed it for the worse. They, I mean, especially that uh, City of Evil album. I like that album. I can't stand it. I um, like the story. I can I can listen to a couple songs off of off of it uh, from time to time, but. That album is just, uh, it sounded like they are too much trying to be the new Iron Maiden. Like, is what they kind of sounds For sure, like. I totally get where you're coming from with that. Very 90s rock. Yeah, but the Sound of the Seventh Trumpet. Um, That's the one, the purple one, right? The purple one, yeah. Um, uh, that album are heard on the way to the showcase. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, I mean, if I ever win the lottery, that place will be reopened in the same location. As shitty as it was? Oh, it wasn't shitty to me. That place was home. I yeah. lived there I lived there three, four days a week. Uh, even if I didn't know who was playing, I would show up to the showcase and just hang out. I was friends with the security guards. There was times where bands were playing where I didn't have time to sit and watch the show or I didn't have money to go see the show, where I'd give the security guard my wallet and be like, here, hold this for me real quick because this is pre-cell phones. So I'd give the uh, security guard my wallet, like, hey, I just want to go buy a couple shirts from this band because uh, I can't get in to see it. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And they did let me in. And then, like, when the band would come on, they'd be like, you can go in. Like, so, I mean, that was my home. But I saw, I, on the way to a, a punk, I think it was a punk show. I, I want to say we were on the way to go see Oscar was the headliner. Um, and uh, the opener was a band that uh, Carl will love. Will, appreciate me referencing there's a band called one inch tall um and uh we we love that band it, i've tried to track down that album since uh mm-hmm. like i've actually tried to stalk uh the fa- the facebook member of the band to see if i can like find the names of the members of the band of that band and try to stalk them to see if i could be like hey do you guys have a uh have a copy of this album that you could send me and that this was years and years ago so i mean i haven't uh, gone after it since. I mean, no one ever responded. So, but anyways, Sound of the Seventh Trumpet. I, on the way to that show at the showcase, um, we were in our friend's car, and he put on Event Sevenfold. It was uh, track three, which was um, something darkness. I can't remember the name of it. I was always bad with uh, song names. It was uh, uh, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet. Um, Sounding the Seventh. Keep going. And so we went there, and uh, we were on the way to the show, and 
I remember exactly where we were when the song came on. We had just gone underneath uh, the uh, the overpass for Magnolia on the on the 15, mm-hmm. right before you get to the 91. Darkness surrounding. Darkness surrounding. I knew it was something darkness. Good job, babe. Um, and he had put this song on. It has this really amazing like choir, like hardcore beats and music and then it breaks and there's heart, like this choir that sings and then it goes back into hardcore and then the choir break it comes up again and then I, I just remember hearing that like oh my god I'm in love with this band and then it turns out that they were having the Sounding the Seventh Trumpet uh, album release party in like two weeks uh, oh, wow. from when I heard them for the first time so I was like I have to go to that it was them uh, bleeding through uh, Himza, Fallen Angel, and I want to say Evergreen Terrace. The That's day, a pretty heavy lineup. The, the days of you go back and look at showcase lineups. It's insane. You're just like I can't believe I fucking saw this shit. Like each one of these people is their own headliner at a fucking festival. You like yeah. At least to their late two thousands. Yeah. Um, a train was played there. Oh, I saw a train play there. They uh, a chord uh, chord broke on one of the guys' guitars. Might have been Travis's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the strings broke, and then they sat there with their parents in the green room, like... Uh, oh, God, that place was a shithole. I never got it. I never went up there. But the, You had you know, the, to duck to go in there, because if you, you didn't, you hit your fucking head so hard. You know the, the awning patio thing that they had up there? Yeah, mm-hmm. the, Atreyu's parents were up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sat there and sold dead, dead baby jokes for the next 15 minutes while they fixed their guitar. Um, and, uh, so, but yeah, no, I mean, that album is what got me into hardcore. Uh, there was hardcore songs I had liked by that, but didn't even think of it as a genre. I'm like, oh, this song's fucking hard. Um, and like, there was a throwdown song called Unite that, uh, I liked, but that's all it says in the song is Unite in repetitiveness over and over, (laughs) but it's super fucking heavy. And then there was... Some other songs that I'd heard. I'm like, oh, these are cool. But I never sought them out until I heard that album. And that's what got me into hardcore music. So wow. that album is always has a place in my heart. Um, and that's when me and Allison were talking about making these lists. And I was talking about, like, we're doing most influential, not top. And the reason I asked that question is because a lot of the albums on my list, I don't listen to a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Uh, so... There's songs off of all of them that I'll listen from time to time, but uh, I don't listen to most of these albums from start to finish anymore. Uh, oh, but you know when they come on, you know every fucking word and melody like it never stopped oh, yeah. playing. Yeah. So yeah, that's why Event Sevenfold is going to be on my is on my list, and I had actually put it at. I mean, we're not ranking them, but it's near the top of my most influential. That's rad. My second one is No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Oh, okay. Um, Shout out to Carl. (laughs) People can talk shit all they want about this being on here, but this was the first time I ever heard punk music done melodically. I didn't realize that it was a genre yet. And I heard it and I'm like, holy fuck. What is this? It has horns. It's fast. It's happy. It's good. I can dance to it. But it's still, you know, got that punk grittiness to it, you know, that fuck the system thing, you know. 
<clears throat> I didn't realize it was Scott at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I mean, I think their first album's better personally, but this was the first time I had heard them and the first album I bought from them and it completely changed. Uh, it made me proud to be a girl. It, it showed me that girls can, you know, be in a boy-led industry and be badass. And she was a tomboy, but she was still smoking hot. Like, I went through a horrible Dickies and wife beater phase <laughs> and Dickies shorts. Like, no wonder people in high school hated me and thought I was this, like, raging lesbian. Now, granted, I'm bisexual, but they, like, thought I was this hardcore, like, girl trying to be a dude lesbian. And I wasn't. And, you know, changed my life. Yeah, uh, the reason I said shout out to Carl is Carl uh, loves the I'm Just a Girl song. He proceeds to put it on. Uh, one time when we went out drinking, the, me, you, and Carl... Uh, and we went up the sidelines. And, and he played I'm Just a Girl like 15 four, fucking times. It was four times in a row before uh, we told the bartenders to skip it every time it came on. God. So, yeah. Um, Coral. Coral. Um, so my second uh, album on the list is uh, Murder by Death, Who Will Survive and What Will Be Left of Them, uh, which is their first full-length album. Um the other album they had before was uh, Like the Exorcist, but with more breakdancing. And it was full-ish. It wasn't a it, full... The first album was called what? Like the Exorcist, but with more breakdancing. Like the Exorcist, but with more breakdancing. Yes. Hmm. That was the name of the first album. Um, and what's the second album, the one that's on the list? Uh, Who Will Survive and What Will Be Left of Them. Who Will Survive and What Will Be Left of Them? What is a song off of there that I would know? Uh, I don't know if you would know really any of them, especially not by name. Um, but uh, Killbot 2000 uh, is one of their more popular songs on that album. When I say popular, that's saying a lot considering that album is one of their... I mean, it's hard to say because the people that I feel like the people that are into Murder by Death are into Murder by Death in, in its entirety. Yeah, for like, sure. It's not oh, a band. They're so good live. They're amazing live. Um, I remember when I I still remember exactly the how it happened when I first heard them. I was at work and there was this guy. I never I, heard him until you. Uh, yeah, I, I I introduced them to every person I meet. They are a band that has uh, what I have audio crack, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but. Uh, I went to I went to work uh, one day when I was working at Glen Ivy, and uh, I had sat down next to this kid named Alex. Uh, it was a kid I worked with, and he super nice guy. And he was like, "Oh, here you gotta check this band." Now this is BA, right? Before Allison? Oh yeah, way before you. This was back when I was nineteen, twenty. Um, it was I was yeah, it was definitely pre drinking age because we used to get drunk. At, at work all the time when uh, me and Bobby had to work the beverage bar. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, on with the story. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I sat down and he's like, oh, you gotta check this band out. And it was, I want to say it was Killbot 2000. Uh, it was so long ago, it's hard for me to remember exactly. But um, he had played this song for me and I listened to it and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I went home and uh, downloaded that album that day. Uh, as soon as I got home and 
ever since then, I've been in love with everything they've ever done. Yeah. Um, but that album, like, the story on it, it's amazing. It's about this, the devil, the actual devil himself coming to this small town and just sitting at the bar and drinking and gets drunk and starts talking shit on the town. Like, you know, uh, and one of the patrons of the bar gets irritated and shoots him in the back three times. Now, this... Murder by Death is known for their albums being a whole story. They've only done it three times. But that's what they're known for. Yeah. They haven't done it on every album, but everyone knows those three albums. Yeah. The newest one, and then the first and third album. First, third, and last uh, are the story albums. Um, But yeah, so the guy shoots him in the back three times, and then he goes to the hospital, um... And all these people trying to get rich quick are stealing his blood to sell uh, to sell at the shops and stuff like that. And then the devil gets pissed and declares war on the town. And this album is left with a uncertainty. Um, it's you do not know who wins this fight, and you never find out. Uh, it's it's left up to the listener to decide who they think uh, was the one that was going to win this fight. The when I saw them live, they did this album and uh, Red of Tooth and Claw, which is a prequel um, to this album. It's about the hero before he gets to the town. That's the one with Fuego on it, right? Yes. Um, and he gets to the town and... Uh, so, anyways, when I saw them live, they... Um, sorry, I forgot where I was going with that. You interrupted me. Um, but, yeah, when I saw them live, they played both albums back-to-back. And when they got to the last two songs, which are the last two songs of the night, uh, it, it was the last two songs of Who Will Survive, they they stopped for a minute and apologized to the crowd. They're like, we apologize for the next 10 minutes of very depressing music, because the very end of Who Will Survive is some of the most depressing yet amazing music I've ever heard in my life. So, wow. Uh, I love everything Murder by Death does. And Agreed. They... They can't do wrong by me. They are a phenomenal band, and I love everything they do as well. So thank you for showing that mm-hmm. to me. So my next one takes me back to my childhood, living in Diamond Bar, California, riding around in my dad's pickup truck. He's taking me to softball practice, and it was on cassette. And it was ZZ Top's Greatest Hits. And every time I hear ZZ Top, I just smile and think of my dad. Um, He showed me some of the greatest music of my life. And raised me in such a way to appreciate things a certain way. And, you know, that's where my redneck side is forever and always. But ZZ Top just... Ugh, I, I can't even I can't even explain like their music is so nostalgic to me and they're still playing shows and they still sound amazing and they're just I don't know, it's just a phenomenal album. Fun fact about ZZ Top. Yes. The drummer, do you yes. know what his name is? No. Okay, I don't remember his first name. Billy Gibson? Not, no. No. So uh the I can't remember his first name but it doesn't matter his last name is beard he's the only one in the man in the band that doesn't have a beard oh shocking so that's a fun 
fun little fun fact. Yeah. All right. What's your next album? Um, AFI: The Art of Drowning. Ooh, god damn! You have good ones. Mine are so like kind of lame. So the AFI Art of Drowning was one of two. The other one's also on my list. Um, one of two albums that got me out of mainstream music. So before this, I listened to you know Corn, Limp Biscuit, Power Man Five Thousand. Uh, I still listen to all of those bands. Thank you very much. So do I. But it's I was in the mainstream music at the time. For sure. Um, the hardest. We're into the MTV rock and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and I mean Slipknot. I mean I think is a little because I got into them before oh, any of my friends did, and I they were. Them. I think they are kind of assigned as to that I was going to get into hardcore at one point mm, because sure. they are the most mainstream hardcore sounding band. Um, but anyways, so. I got into AFI again thanks to Carl. Carl got in, got me into a lot of music. Um, and I fucking love AFI. So do I. <sighs> uh, but the Art of Drowning. It's also one of those albums I do not listen to anymore. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe two songs on there I can still tolerate. The bad word. Um, I don't want to say that, uh, but I haven't grown sick of. But either even then, I still don't ever put them on. Uh, they come on there. I, I still like it, but I don't ever put them on. They always come on on my Spotify shuffle because my Spotify shuffle consists of so much like punk music and like AFI, Alkaline Trio, things like that. So the Art of Drowning album comes. I listen to it quite often. But yeah, still. that was that was another set of albums I got for Christmas. I got that. I got the Art of Drowning, and uh, what is it? All Hallows EP. And uh, I think Punkarama 5 for Christmas one day. I love the Punkarama albums. They're one great. of those almost made it on my list because it... Was it the black and white one? The checkered one? No, it wasn't checkered. It was like brick almost. Okay, though. they were different album, different ones. It had uh, the guillotine song on it. Okay, so yeah, we're talking about different Punkaramas. Punkarama 5 is the one that was all was black Punk- and white like fan I albums. think it was Punkarama 4. It might have been 4 or 3, it sounds right. Um, but I got it on a magazine. Like, okay, millennials, we used to get magazines, paper printed on it with stories and articles and shit like that. Um, and they would come with CD, free CDs attached to them. They used to do the same thing with video games with uh, demo discs on them. It's fucking insane. But yeah, I wanted they the Punkarama albums opened me up to so much more punk music. Yeah. Because I was already listening to punk music. I lived in Southern California. There was no getting around it. Yeah. But that... Yeah. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. So, it uh, me that you said that. So, yeah, those three were uh, what I got for Christmas one year. And uh, Art of Drowning uh, is kind of is where I got into them. Um, like, I don't... Like, I still love AFI. I love everything they do. I still do not like the first two albums that they did. Uh, Very Proud of You and Answer That and Stay Fashionable. I do not like those albums. They were they were skate punk, and that is not what made me fall in love with AFI. What made me fall in love with AFI was the horror punk uh, side. See, and that's and, what I was going to ask you, um, was do you have a favorite side of AFI? Because they've morphed and they've gone from skate punk... They've gone to horror punk. They've gone from to melodic punk. Um, they've gone. I mean, I don't think they've ever really lost left horror punk though. 
Like, they're not as hardcore horror punk as they were when they were Art of Drowning, uh, Black Sails, or... Um, what's that album called? Uh, it's my favorite album of them, and I can't remember the name of it. December something? No, 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 no. It's, um... It'll come to me. Anyways, uh, that was... Uh, those albums were the ones that really came to me, and, like, that's... I love AFI, and that's one of the things that led me into punk music. Um, so, though that album is very influential. It's what got me into going to shows and all that other stuff. Uh, it was Shut Your Mouth and uh, Open Your Eyes. Oh, okay. I think that is their best album they've ever made. Okay. Um, a lot of people disagree and say that uh, Black Sails is the best album, which I understand. Uh, they open, they still to this day open up to the intro song to uh, uh, Black Sails. They understand that everyone loves that album, so. But yeah, no, AFI Art of Drowning is. is I was one late of my... to the AFI game. I didn't listen to anything until Sing the Sorrow. Okay. But then once I did, I went into the backlog, mm-hmm. which is what I do a lot with artists, even to this day. Like, even if it's some, like Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. I heard one song from her and went and found like her beginning shit and just fell in love with her even more. See, it's funny you say that because like I do that with my artists too. Uh, artists I find too, uh, Greaves, uh, as you know, one of my favorite underground hip hops. You know, like um, I actually don't like anything. I mean, I don't dislike them, but I I don't like uh, I don't go and listen to the his first two albums for sure. I I text you when I was working one night because yeah. one of his songs came on in one of my Spotify shuffles and I was like, who the fuck is this? What is this shit? And I looked and saw it was Greaves. Yeah. And then I text you. I'm like, have you heard this? This is horrible. Yeah, it was, it was either 88 Keys or uh, Envision or something like that. Uh, yeah. was the name of the other album. Um, uh, yeah, I wasn't really... I, I didn't really get into them. I wouldn't say they're horrible. They're just not what I know Greaves as. It's kind of like the AFI. So, what's your next one? Uh, another one, because of my pops. Aerosmith's Get a Grip. I know you're not allowed to say about this. Um, that is the first album I ever stole from my dad. I fucking fell in love with that album. I listened to it nonstop. Real quick, <laughs> talking about stealing albums. Damien, I know you're not going to listen to this. Sorry. I stole so many No Effects and Vandals albums and Pennywise albums from you. <laughs> Rat yourself out. So many. <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Damien. Um, but that album, woo! That made uh, 90s fucking cock rock to extreme. Which one, which one what was the name of the album? Get a grip. It's the one with the, the udders? udder. Yeah, with no, the udders and the no, udders pierced. No, no, no. And then it produced the videos that have his daughter and Alicia Silverstone in it. Oh. In like that group of like six videos, like total '90s butt rock. But I fucking love Aerosmith. I know you don't like Aerosmith. Nope. I know a lot. Which is of funny because don't, like, but Aer- I fucking love Aerosmith. I so when I say I don't like Aerosmith, I don't like what Aerosmith is. But you go back in their first, like, album, 
Like so, for maybe first two Where albums. Where it doesn't sound like Steven Tyler. It doesn't sound like him at all, and I fucking love those albums. I, well, not let's not say love. I like those songs. Yeah. Those songs come on, like, these are fucking good songs. They're like, oh, who is this? I'm like, oh, it's fucking Aerosmith. God damn it. Like, <laughs> because it doesn't sound like him. Like, and it doesn't, it's not that style of music. And uh, like, I love, so I, I love clearly 70s Southern rock styles played a huge part in my life. Yeah. Huge Leonard Skinner and Fleetwood Mac, Rolling well, Rolling Stones aren't, but Rolling Stones are my mom, so Fleetwood Mac. But you know, the Almond Brothers, things like that, carved such a huge place in my brain that it's just it's so the music now, now that my dad's passed away, especially, is so comforting to me. Like I just hear it and I smile and I think about the amazing childhood we had with my dad, the things we did, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So what's your next album? So my next album uh, goes into my underground hip hop. Um, it's Aesop Rock's Daylight album. Okay. Um, Not Aesop Rocky. No. God, no. <laughs> um, I can't help it. That's all I think of when I hear that stupid kid. I'm like, it's Aesop Rock. Yeah. And it's actually technically ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. uh, is what that guy calls himself, um, with a dollar symbol in there. Um, but, so, it, this one's kind of hard, um, because when I got into them, I didn't get into them, get into Aesop Rock as albums. Mm-hmm. I got into Aesop Rock with songs. Okay. Um, so, like, Daylight, Nightlife, uh... Thousand Deaths, uh, those songs are, Nightlight and Daylight are on the same album. Thousand Deaths is on a different album. Daylight's on a different album. Daylight's on the same album, is on the same album as Daylight and Nightlife. Mm-hmm. Nightlight. Like, so, like, he kind of did weird things with his music in the beginning, or his albums in the beginning, so it's kind of hard to lock down what album it was. Um, I looked at the lineup on Daylight because I was trying to figure it out uh, before we started this podcast, and I was trying to figure out, like, alright, what what album was it that had those songs on it that really got me into them? And Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to tell because it's really, it's not just daylight. It's also labor. It's not just labor. It's, you know, the one that was before that. Like it's, he had a, I, he is considered to be the most intellectual, uh, rapper. Mm -hmm. He uses more, um, uh, vocabulary than anyone else does. Uh, they did a, they did a study and they broke it down and of who uses, you know, has the highest vocabulary in, uh-huh. in, in rap. And so this guy released this list with a graph. Okay. And uh, Aesop Rock wasn't on there and the, the comments lit up. Everyone was yelling at him like, put Aesop Rock on that list, I dare you. You know, like his, his the amount of vocabulary is going to dwarf everyone else and the guy put the work in. And it did. It dwarfed Anybody, uh, I think the closest was somebody from Wu Tang that came the closest to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Aesop Rocky's just or Aesop Rocky's just the Aesop Rock, yeah. Aesop Rock, he's just I love his style, I love how smart he is with his music. He's the one that does Kirby, right? He does Kirby, yes. You, mm-hmm. you name the one song where it's just about him and his kitten. <laughs> well, th- I mean, that's just the one that's coming to my brain yeah. right now. I love Aesop Rock. I listen to Aesop Rock. Yeah, no, he... I, I, I just love how smart he is. He made a comment one time where he says, if you don't... Because un- people complain about his lyrics saying that they're nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you can't make sense of my lyrics, that's on you. 
Um, and I love that he took that stance and said that, you know, uh, to people that were criticizing his music. Like, no, my lyrics are just too deep for you. Um, which can come off pretentious. It can. Um, but I get where he's coming from. Like, not everything has to be this stupid, like, fucking, you know, crack house rap that's about, you know, switch your fucking go 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 stir fry. Switch your fucking go go stir fry. Like, <laughs> just fucking words and beats. And what do they call it? Trap house. Yeah, or mumble uh, rap. Yeah, mumble rap. Fuck, I hate that shit. Like, put the work in. Yeah. There's a reason why underground hip-hop artists have a loyal fan following and they're not all dying from fucking seizures and drinking lean and trying to be gangster when they're not. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why I love the underground hip-hop is because, I mean, their lyrics are amazing. Uh, they... They just shout out to be rhyme sayers. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, really. I, I could just put rhyme sayers on this list instead of that because yeah, rhyme sayers. I mean, ninety nine percent of the time do not put off put on bad shit. Uh, they they put on I think some of the best underground hip hop, and it's I'm gonna get a rhyme sayers the rhyme sayers logo tattooed uh, eventually just because they. They produce the best in what I love about music nowadays. For sure. Minnesota does, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but that's Rhymes Ayers. Yeah, that's true story. All right, let's talk about my last album. This is probably going to have some heads shooken at me. I don't give two flying fucks. Um, it, it's a punk album. Um, it's Rancid. Oh, okay. It's Outcome the Wolves. Okay. I, I was going to be not annoyed, but if you would have picked, like, Let's Go, like, Let's Go's great. Yeah. But Outcome the Wolves is better. Um, so the reason why this is on my list is I can tell you where I was, how old I was, what I was doing the very first time I heard Time Bomb. I was camping with my friend. It was in between 7th and 8th grade year, the summer. With my friend Jen Marine and her family, we went to the beach in Encinitas, and it was right after we had had really bad fucking El Nino, so the whole beach was rocks. It wasn't sand, it was rocks. Um, And her older brother AJ was there, he was, I think, in high school, and he was there with his friends, and they were sitting in the truck, and I'm pretty sure they were smoking pot. Sorry to rat you out, don't give a fuck. Um, and they were listening to Time Bomb. And I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. Like, th- that was my turning point from, like, mainstream music. Like, I still listen to pop music and mainstream music for sure, 100%. But that was the, like, that was my left turn off of the mainstream world where I just win balls to the wall with punk music that album uh me and carl uh it's still one of my favorite albums and i still listen to it almost daily yeah uh, funny story about that album is it's one of those albums that me and carl uh is there's a couple like two albums i think i can think of uh weezer's blue album uh-huh that album Constantly, we we bought that album multiple times because people kept stealing it. We never knew who stole it, but those albums would go missing. And it was Rancid Outcome of the Wolves. 
you ask Carl, he he'll tell you he probably bought that album ten times uh, yeah. because it just kept getting sold. Um, and I I'm up there too. Uh, I think I had to buy that album a couple times too because people kept stealing it. Yeah, that, that album got one of those in at least in my life and the circles that were around me was the album that was stolen the most from me. Yeah. So. Uh, great fucking album. Oh yeah, great. I mean, the album cover. I mean, is burned into my brain. So I iconic. It's the, the. I think the cover of that is fucking iconic. Oh, it is for sure. I mean, it's one of those punk. It's one of the few punk albums. Uh, I'm maybe not to say few, but it's definitely one of the punk albums that it, you you say the name of the name of the album and you know what album cover you're looking at. Yep. So, um, all right. So my last one, and this is the song or the album that really got me into punk, um, and I heard it on the Punk Rama Five, and then got the album, and I loved everything on that album, which was. Mill and Collins, uh, Penny Bridge Pioneers. I fucking love them. No Cigar. Julian. Uh, no Cigar. Is, is uh, I love that Punkorama album. Yeah, that's Punkorama 5. I love that fucking album. Yeah, that was hit after hit. That that album, Punkorama 5, had rats on it. And, yep. Um, and uh, had I think it had dwarves on it, too. I mean, it just had... It was I. I still think it's the best punk rama album they ever did. Probably. Um, but yeah. So Melancholy is what really. I mean, really got me into punk. Um, I was just I heard, listening to them the other day. So the first time I ever heard No Cigar, it like it fucking warped my brain. Like I heard that song and I'm like, this is amazing. Like yes, this is so much different than what I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Like there's melody. The guitar is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. And then the, and then I got the album and listened to it. There's a song. It's. Uh, I have the biggest smile on my face right now, guys, because we're talking about an album that almost made it to my list, and seeing my husband talk about how this album changed his life and it changed mine, and this is years before we even cross paths. Like, it's just so cool. Like, it's a moment right now. Like, hashtag is this real life right now? <laughs> so, there's a song on the album. Um, I think it's called Foxy. Um, I could be getting the wrong, as the name of the song wrong, but they say Foxy in the song a lot. Um, or might just be called Fox. But it's a song about um, what is led to believe. Uh, you listen to the lyrics and until you're told differently, you think it's about a girl. You think it's about him falling in love with this girl, and uh, there's some weird lines in the song when you think of it as a girl, like, that it's a girl that he's falling in love with, and he's like, uh, I had to lock her to a tree to make sure she didn't get away, like, there's some weird lines in there, you know, and then you find out it's about a bike, that he fell in love with this bicycle that he bought, like, I fucking love this band, like, they made a song that made you think about him falling in love with this girl, and then you find out it's just a, uh, a bicycle that he bought. You want to know what's great about punk music? Is that a lot of the bands we grew up listening to and seeing are still playing shows and still selling out shows and they sound better than they've ever sounded before. Or well, at least the same. Or at least the same. Because Well, most of them are sober now too and old. Yeah. But how kids aren't going to have that anymore. Well, when they get become our age, they're not going to have a fucking, you know... 
I well, think most so. of them are dying. Yeah, so, some of them will make it, but yeah, a lot of them are dying because they're doing dumb shit. Um, I mean, fuck, punk is a dirty ass fucking scene and a lot of fucking drugs and uh, yes, people die and have drug overdoses, but fuck, the punk scene is where it's at. Yeah, I mean, they're it's the most welcoming scene. No matter what people think, um, you will find... There's some unwelcoming motherfuckers in the group. Well, yeah, for sure. And there's some subclasses of punk music that yeah, I, mean, just, I don't fuck so, with. So punk and hardcore have gatekeepers uh, uh, fans where they just want to make sure that, uh, well, you weren't in it from the beginning, so you're not a real fan. Yeah, so, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. So, yeah, so, so those are... I think they're really the music that shaped me. Um, you could put things in there like, you know, corn uh, or, you know, something like that. I mean, because that, that got me off of whatever the fuck my parents were listening. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't think I can think of music that what's my parents... First, what's the first album you bought for yourself? Do you remember? Purchased myself or gotten for Christmas? <clears throat> Purchased yourself. Do you not remember? Really? The first... The, the only thing that's coming to mind is Target Army 2. But I know that wasn't the first. God, I fucking love Tiger Army. Oh, man, I love Tiger Army. Wish I was going to the show. Fuck, I should have bought tickets. Uh, my first album, you can totally laugh at me, um, was the Cool As Ice soundtrack. Okay. Um, <laughs> 90s fucking rap stars. Um, but yeah, sorry. I was just wondering if you knew. No, I don't remember. I think it's the, weird that I remember that. I think, I mean, the only thing I can remember really is... And is I bought Tiger it at the Pomona fucking swap meet. Um, I also bought a special edition uh, of AFI Sing of the Sorrow that came in a special thing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, music means a lot to both of us. Um, yeah. So, but that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Yeah, I have nothing to talk about tonight. Uh, long week, tired. Yeah. Brains fried, endorphins are crashing, must eat, need food. Yeah. All right, so love all you guys. Love anyone. Love anyone. And you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you again this time next week. Yeah, hopefully earlier. Hopefully a little bit earlier. Bye. Bye.